Hello, everybody. This is Stephanie Courtney with The Learning Project. Welcome to our podcast. So excited today. We are going to be starting on a new segment called Teaching Art and Diversity. We have two special guests that I know you guys are going to fall in love with. They are the developers of the Anti-Racist Art Teachers. Um, There is tons of information below this podcast where you can go get more information and resources. So without further ado, I would like to introduce you guys to Paula Lise and Francesca. Let's go. Hey, everybody. It's Stephanie at The Learning Project. You guys, I'm so excited about today. I just want to tell you, we have some amazing ladies with us, Miss Palalise and Miss Francesca. They are the creators and developers of a really cool art piece. And I just want to have them come on and talk to us. So ladies, tell us what you do and what's your passion. Sure, I guess I can go first. Um, I'm Francesca. I am a K through eighth grade art teacher um, in Miami, Florida. And before I was an art teacher, I have been doing art all my life. Um, and I went to graduate school to study art, active, artistic activism. Ooh. So the intersection between art and social justice and arts education and where all those things intersect. And um, so in this moment that we're all living in, that has been something, a really useful tool um, for me and other artists and art educators um, to start having important conversations. And um, that's how I connected with Paula Lise and um, Nyla, who's one more educator that we've been working, the three of us, who's not with us today. Um, That's how we connected um, through talking about the intersection between art, social justice, art education, how we can combine all these things. Uh, So yeah, that's where I'm at. Thank you. Yeah, and so I'm Paula Lise, and I currently teach at K through five public elementary school here in Silver Spring, Maryland. So just right outside of DC. And my passion's always been art, and both my personal art and my art lessons that I teach, I've always have had a social justice influence. Mm. And I really feel that art can create change, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the main core of what I do both in my own personal artwork and also in the way that I teach. I love it. I love it. So um, for all those that are new to the podcast, you're at The Learning Project, um, where we actually also uh, focus on social justice and change and trainings through early childhood education. Um, Please remember to subscribe, share this with somebody that is like needing this. If you know an artist that's just like, you know what, you're feeling kind of low down, let's get some inspiration to them take the time right now and send it to them. So um, let's just jump into this, ladies. So how, tell me about this project that you guys put together and how did it come about? Yeah, let's start there. Cause I have like thousands of questions and I'm trying to hold back, so. <laughs> oh, I, I guess I can kind of start. So basically before COVID-19, mm-hmm. I didn't really use social media. Mm-hmm. I had activated my Facebook and I would just occasionally use it to post pictures of like my dogs and of me traveling. <laughs> uh, and it was just more uh, like close friends and family. Yeah. So once quarantine began and we transitioned to online 
learning, I realized how much I value my interactions with friends and colleagues and students. So I found myself reinvested in social media as a way to maintain those connections. And then on top of that, with online learning, I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, and the other art teacher in my school, Christy, mentioned a few art teacher Facebook groups that she mm -hmm. had joined uh, and she shared that she was finding a lot of resources. So I figured I'd join. Um, and at first it was great because I was getting a lot of new ideas, a lot of inspiration. Everyone's yeah. really supportive of one another. Uh, but then, as stories of Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd began to emerge, I noticed a shift in tone in the group. Mm -hmm. And I noticed how some art teachers were posting questionable comments on those Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those comments were either being ignored or affirmed mm -hmm. by other art teachers. So yeah. um, things like, I don't see color, mm -hmm. elementary students are too young to talk about race, yeah, uh, I started seeing that a lot, and then while well, I began responding to them, mm -hmm. and with when I was responding to each individual, I started to sense that a lot of the art teachers just had no idea how their comments were actually rooted in systemic racism. Yes, I felt that a lot of them were well-intentioned but ill-informed. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. So I started sharing like links and articles that I felt could help further their understanding and knowledge because I feel like knowledge is power. Yes, and absolutely. So as I was doing this, I was make it started off as like a Google Doc that I was adding on to and then I started feeling like okay, I know I'm not the only one who thinks like this. I know there's others. So I started reaching out to other art teachers and uh, I started making another document with art lessons because another thing was that teachers were like, oh, you can't teach this in art, especially elementary. Mm. I felt that I knew I had done it in the past and I knew yeah. other people. So I was trying to find them. And when I was doing that, I reached out actually to Nyla first mm -hmm. uh, through one of her art lessons that she had posted on Instagram. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and then from there, she connected me with Francesca. And then that's kind of how our little partnership <laughs> kind of began. Um, that's amazing. That. So Francesca so, had on Earth. Yeah, and then once we started talking, <laughs> wow. Uh -huh. Once we started talking on the three of us, um, Nyla and I, who are very active on Instagram, had been expressing our frustration that there are a lot of art teacher Instagrams that are very popular. I mean, they have a huge platform, tens, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands mm -hmm. of followers. And in the wake of everything that was happening with uh, George Floyd, they yeah. were silent. These accounts yeah. were completely silent. And it was um, really shocking to see um, this profession, which art teachers are mostly yeah. white, um, mm -hmm. and to just see the overwhelming silence. And we are teachers who teach 
students of color every day and mm -hmm. for us to not be educating ourselves and doing the work and yes. diversifying our curriculum that is actively harmful to our students of color mm -hmm. and it was very frustrating um for us for us to see yeah. um, especially me and paulise and nyla we all are multiracial or hispanic um or latinx i'm sorry mm -hmm. and um it was just it was really frustrating to see and so we said how can we approach this yeah. and use art and use our platforms to start these conversations that yes. need to that, that need to happen. Um, so that is how we came up with our elements of anti-racist art teaching. And we kind of, we came up with them together and we just posted them and put them out into the world, kind of having no idea what was gonna happen, mm -hmm. but hoping that this would start some conversations. And yes. um, we're happy to see that it has, and we're, we're trying to continue to do that work every single day and share resources and keep it going past that one initial like thing that we put out there. So, oh my gosh, you guys, this is like, I'm so stoked right now because first of all, I want to say how awesome it is that you guys stepped into these shoes and were brave. Because I think that's like a huge thing. And even in the um, early childhood education field, like we need to have more conversations about diversity, you know? We need to incorporate that in the very framework of our education, you know? Um, we I just did a conference and there was like 600 something people that had enrolled for this um, conference. And um, a friend of mine, I want to give a quick shout out to Ms. Jocelyn Jones, who is the creator of this um, training that she created called, Why Is Your Hair So Kinky? Why Do She Wear Hijab? And um, it's talking about cultural relativism. And the response we got was so, like there was a ton of people that were so negative. It was like scary because I'm like, whoa, these are educators that are not prepared to talk about um, diversity, talk about race, talk about embracing different people. You know, um, I always I always say, you know, um, it's one thing to learn about diversity and connect with people in a very genuine and unique way. But some people, the only opportunities that they have to even interact with anybody as far as in a diverse space is sometimes when they're going on a mission trip. I'm like, that is not everyone is in that situation and thank God that like, there are people that help and do those things because I support that but I'm like you have to get out of that mindset of if you, I can only help you serve you help you get I, I don't I don't know I don't I can't really describe it or uh, like put words into it just because we're I'm seeing it more and more and more and more and with educators, we've got to be open-minded. We have to we have to learn about one another. I mean, even you know, people of color like learning about each other. You know, um, one of my students, I've shared this before. Um, one of my teachers, um, she is from Iraq, and I had put a whole training on all this stuff that was going on over there. And she was like, I just wanted to use her kind of as my like my. Um, thermometer like how good did I do how bad did I do and I can just tell she's not responding to anything and I'm like okay talk to me what's going on what's your thoughts and she was like I agree with this this and this but this is not how it is and it was an opportunity for me to learn and be more educated more informed and be able to um, create content that really embraced 
the reality of what people experience you know what i mean and so you know i think that's the hard thing about race diversity all of this stuff we have to we have to really climb through and pull through a lot of stereotypes we might have had biases that we've had especially with teachers we those hidden biases you know that are maybe deep down to pull those apart and be able to say i don't know this i need clarity i need help i need understanding you know um and so it takes a lot of bravery what you guys did which was you saw a problem and you said you know what i want to help educate my community more so that we can have stronger leaders in our community in the educational field um tell me a little bit more so why is this so important to you guys like um what was it that or maybe even a child or a situation that you have um, dealt with you're like we need this content out there in the world so that we can make an impact on on these little ones well one thing that i think about every day about why this is important is just the real world implications that this is having on students of color every yes. single day like you look at the disproportionate amount of black students that are um that are suspended that are given mm -hmm. detentions that have police school resource officers police officers in schools called on them just every single day there are real implications to educators not doing the work and understanding their biases and that is dangerous and so harmful yeah. and so that every single day i think about that and think about when i log on to facebook or to instagram and i see these teachers saying stuff like this doesn't have anything to do with art education and mm. think about what happens to all these students that every single day face these real world things because of bias. Yeah. So um, that's something that makes me angry and yeah. um, pushes me to continue to do the work and to have these conversations with educators. You said something really interesting and I, I just want to open this up. Why do you feel educators feel this is not real like what is it i mean i can't put my finger on it so this is a question i don't have the answer to <laughs> but why um why do you feel like educators just like this is not real this racism discrimination biases this is not real i i mean just i know this was mentioned at the beginning that nyla had mentioned the majority of educators in general are white mm -hmm. and a lot of it i think is they've never had to experience it yeah uh, so if they've never seen it or experienced it then it doesn't exist and mm. that's where like that idea of the i don't see color yes that was, that was probably the first thing that i noticed immediately mm -hmm. in the response to what teachers were saying online was was that i don't see color i treat all my children that all my students the same yeah but and I think that that denial is a big part of it. Yeah, uh, that was the first one that I saw that you guys created was, um, it says, we see color. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's such a powerful statement because, you know, kids are curious, you know, um, they, they come into this world learning about the world by the people around them and sometimes they try to put things in their own mind of like understanding what 
um, what is happening. Um, research shows that by by the time a child is six months years old, they can start differentiating the faces and colors. You know, um, that's why you know infants that we may work with, they see a man with a beard and they freak out because they're like, "What is that on your face?" So you know, um, they do recognize that. You know, um, I even tell my own personal stories um, in some of the schools that I work with. I'm literally the only person of color that a child may interact with or see. You know, um, and I, I have this one story. This little girl, she was from Vietnam, but she was adopted, and so she. Um, I came into the classroom, I'm so excited, I'm working with the kids and you know, she's kindergarten. I'm like, oh, I love kindergartners and all the kids are playing with me, but she did not want to play with me. And I'm like, what in the world? And it's always that one kid that you're like, okay, you gotta like me for some reason or whatever. And so um, all day, she's just staring at me. I'm trying to get her, I'll give you a cookie. Do you want some candy? And she's like, no, 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 no. And kind of, you know, running away from me. And um, finally we're outside. Um, you know, playing with the kids, just trying to get used to them, kind of trying to connect with them. And she comes up to me and she says, um, do you tan a lot? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't tan a lot. I was like, I'm brown. And she goes, she goes, oh, I was like, I was born this way. And she goes, oh, okay. After that, she was talking to me, playing with me. Like, she just was trying to figure it out. Like, why do you look different? And, you know, at that moment, in that time, I was kind of, I was a, a lot younger. And I, at that moment, in that time, now thinking back, there were not diverse materials around for her to learn about other people, other languages, you know, other, um, seeing other people's stories and them seeing themselves in the classroom. Um, if children don't see themselves in the classroom, you know, they can't make those connections. So, um, Tell me a little bit more about some of your work. Um, what does, what do you feel like the, that art does to help build that bridge or that gap of diversity and understanding that for a, a child, an individual? Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that's actually the project we've been working on intensely the last uh, few weeks wow. is awesome. uh, creating this kind of catalog of artists of black indigenous people of color artists uh because, so awesome. yeah because i for example i'm i was born in puerto rico and but i grew up in maryland and my school where i went was mostly white so mm -hmm. i remember very clearly never being introduced to any artists of color until mm -hmm. high school and wow. the first Latinx artist that I was introduced to was Frida Kahlo, who is popular. And I feel like now looking back, I'm like, I just wish I'd seen myself in the artists that they were presenting to me because it wasn't until that moment that I felt that I could even be an artist. Mm. And I think it's very important for teachers to represent and show diversity in their lessons so that students can then see themselves as artists. Yeah. Because so often the artists that people know are white male artists. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, man, this is such a good uh, conversation right here because when you're talking about not seeing yourself and you didn't know that that was possible, like, I know for so many of us that really echoes that 
that feeling, it's a connection that we all have really felt and having even the next generation be even stronger than this generation just because of the work that's being done and the revelation of no we need more of this we need more of that we need we need children to see themselves in everything and in, in, in everywhere it, it's so important um did you want to put anything in francesca oh i just wanted to add when to your original question about where art plays into all of this is that art education is so powerful when we're talking about these things not only for the representation in artists but because the art classroom and art is a space where you can really talk about and bring in issues from all different things in my elementary art classroom We've done projects about race, about indigenous peoples, about immigration, about human rights, about Mm -hmm. climate change. Mm -hmm. The art room really, really lends itself more than any other subject or more than any other space really um, in an elementary classroom to be able to talk about these complex issues and to provide a space for students to think through these things through making art. And um, I think that art educators can be a really powerful tool in the elementary school or middle Mm -hmm. school or high school, but especially elementary, to provide a space and a place and a, a means and tools to be able to talk about all of these issues. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I think art education is really special in that way. Ugh. And I, I totally agree with you. Um, when you think about art, and one of the reasons why I wanted to put this segment in about visual arts in the classroom is because, I mean, I'm, you guys probably can remember, you know, looking back in history books or any kind of art pictures, like you were thinking of only white males, right? Um, you know, I was just telling somebody, I remember first <laughs> my first book, I don't know why I remember this, but the first book that I saw that was about Black people, it was like all about slaves. And I'm like, you know, and it's a, it was embarrassing for me because I was the only Black person in the classroom, even though I knew like, okay, Black, all, you know, there's other things that Black people have done. For some reason, as a young kid, it stuck in my mind, you know, and it just associated with this shame in this this dark hover, you know what I mean? And so for us to be able to create art and create literature um, and put it out there to students so that they can really embrace that in a, in a completely different way, I, I think it's magical. It's 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 amazing. It's amazing. And it's it's that it's that our, our culture is becoming, you know, more woke, that term. Um, getting woken up from, you know, this sleep and this slumber and really um, allowing students to see themselves and just even us as adults see ourselves as well. Um, one of the things that you guys had mentioned kind of indirectly was some of the struggles that teachers have. So tell me, how can teachers overcome that fear of teaching on subjects like this? Um, because there's there's always that one moment you may have messed up, just like I just shared about my mess up in class. Um, and so how do you how do you overcome that fear and how do you how do you kind of check yourself to make sure that you're teaching appropriate content? I don't know if that makes sense, but it's kind of a fold of a bunch of questions, but that's the best way I could put it. <laughs> 
So yeah. I, I can talk about the fear and then Paulise, if you want to talk about the appropriate content more, just because I, I didn't mention it, but I just finished my first year teaching. Um, so I've been teaching for one year and um, when, as any new teacher can tell you, um, it's scary a lot of the time and there's a lot of fear. There's fear that you're going to mess up. And when it comes about talking about complicated issues in class, there is a lot of fear with that. Um, I definitely felt it and I think my number one advice to teachers who are who are nervous about doing this is to realize that you do not have to be an expert and you do not have to have all the answers even though you're the teacher it is perfectly okay it's actually good to tell your students if they ask a question that you don't know the answer to tell them I don't know that is a great question I don't know. I can look it up and I can tell you next time I see you, that is a wonderful question. And just like being okay with that, um, giving yourself the permission to just dive right into it, bring it to your classroom, do the work without having to wait to be an expert. I feel like I know a lot of teachers who want to teach about this stuff, but they tell themselves, first I have to read this book and this book and this book and this book about race and education before I can even bring this to my classroom. And yeah. that's not true. Um, it can be as simple as just letting your students voice their own lived experiences hmm. about racism. Like yeah. you don't even have to do anything except just giving the voice and the space to your students. And hmm. it can be as simple as that. So I think that once you accept that you don't have to be an expert and yeah. you probably will never be an expert um that really helps with the fear of um doing this kind of work in your classroom oh my goodness that one part that you said that just hit me in the heart which is giving the space to the students i'm like if we really just sit on that it is so hard to give the space to the students for some teachers, you know? Some teachers are really good at like, just being like, this, it's your world, you know? <laughs> but there's the other part of not being in control and not knowing what to expect. That, that was really powerful, Francesca, thank you. Mm-hmm. Paula Lise, did you want to add anything? Um, I think, so what, I agree with everything Francesca just said and I, also think it's important for teachers to not think of some to not think of this as something that they're just adding in like as a one-time mm. one thing it needs to be something that you're really integrating into your yeah. curriculum and instruction each and every day mm-hmm. that's one thing for me with art specifically especially elementary art to me art's a way to visually respond to the world and mm. can't always do so with words it's yeah. the ultimate form of self-expression and i feel that a lot of uh elementary art teachers sometimes focus too heavily on just teaching technique and skills mm-hmm. and it can mm-hmm. be very craft-centered mm-hmm. uh so for example like oh we're all gonna make an owl today and everyone's <laughs> the same owl and i feel like by doing that teachers are not leaving any room for student voice and ultimately it's a huge disservice because it doesn't allow students to fully explore the full spectrum of what art is and can do so i just think it's important for teachers to create opportunities for your students to like investigate and analyze and identify and critique and 
reflect and really explore yeah. aspects of the world around them. And it's more also about just encouraging them to see and to think and to wonder. Mm -hmm. uh, is, and just by doing that every day, I think can help with that. Oh my goodness. Ugh. Um, you guys, I don't know how much you're getting from this podcast right now. Weird. Like, I feel like this is such a great conversation because it's just not one that's had. Um, it's just not one that I feel like is even out there. Like really looking at art as a way for a child to use their voice. I mean, that, uh, and that is so so important for them you know um there's sometimes you just can't express yourself with words you need that you need the art to take you to that next realm to help you express things in so many ways that you know you never even thought uh, that you could you know um that was really good um you guys if you're not if you're if you know someone that's struggling with bringing in the arts into their classroom and really implementing that diversity piece, you know, send them this podcast, give them some tools, you know? Um, I think what you guys are doing is amazing and I am so excited. I can't wait to see what tools you guys are gonna bring out and just like launch um, because we need that. You know, it's this is such a new territory. Um, and I think one of the reasons why this is so new is because we kind of are in this part of history where we're uncovering all the lies you know um, we are uncovering all the things that are not true that we have literally focused on there is a book that i am encouraging people to read it's called the lies my teacher told me um this book <laughs> i'm telling you when i read it i was bawling because i'm just like everybody's gone through so much and you don't hear this history you know it is very dark but the thing is there's so much light to it you know um there's so much freedom in 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 when you release yourself from lies and i think that is the part that we're kind of in in our world i don't know if anybody else would agree but i'm just telling you where i makes how it makes me feel and it really makes me feel like all of the different things that we've been told um throughout um, education, being indoctrinated with certain things that are completely not true. Um, and now it, all of that's being revealed and this is painful, you know? And I think that's why it's so hard, you know, and people are kind of walking on eggshells, um, you know, with diversity, they're like, I don't know if I should teach this, you know? Um, I'm not a person of color. I don't know if I should touch this. Or, you know, um, even people of color really looking at their history, looking at different cultures and being able to understand that because there's so much that is lost I don't I don't know if that makes sense but um, and everybody's gonna be different everyone's going to have different backgrounds so you know definitely don't take it as a generalization but I do really believe that the more we investigate ourselves and understand who we are we can really better understand other people and how um, culture diversity all of those different pieces work within our educational field and really restore that that passion that love for education for a lot of students just because they don't see themselves in education and they feel like they don't belong um is there anything you guys want to add to that i know i kind of went on a tangent there but <laughs> uh no i i actually thought it was interesting the fact that you brought up the book the lies my teacher told me because and that's actually one of the 
main thing that really drove my passion for social justice and art mm. was uh, because growing up as I was, like I had mentioned, I was born in Puerto Rico, but grew up in Maryland. I never quite knew where I fit in. Mm -hmm. Like I was never quite Puerto Rican enough, but I was never really American enough. And it was this weird identity crisis I was having. Yeah. <laughs> so in high school and uh, beginning of college, I was really, a lot of my personal art was just exploring myself and my identity. Mm. And, and with that was uh, learning more about Puerto Rican history and culture. Yeah. And through that, that I learned certain things that like the U.S. had done in terms of forced sterilization of women in Puerto yes. Rico. And then yes. from there, I started learning like the Trail of Tears and the Japanese internment camps and yes. the, uh, experiments on African-Americans with uh, syphilis. And the list goes on. And the, I was remember being in high school and being so outraged that yeah. I had to learn this information on my own. Mm -hmm. And so with my own personal art, it became a way for me to bring attention to those things. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of my personal art was specifically addressing some of those. And I felt like that's kind of where this fire in me sort of originated from, because then <laughs> I felt like I knew that art had this power to do this and I wanted to kind of share that with with others oh i love this so much it's it's so important for us to come together and have these conversations like we really have to unpack what what why art is so important in the classroom and i think even in early childhood education there's such an opportunity for um, teachers to even further um, the 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 arts in that area and that's something I'm very big about is going into the classrooms and looking at what they have and a lot of times we have those cutesy like you were talking about the owl we're gonna make today you know with Van Gogh we're gonna try to make what they're making but like you know really giving kids the opportunity to understand background knowledge of the world and you know there's some things that of course because they're little they're not gonna understand so you're not gonna be able to go into so much depth but bringing just awareness of the world, you know, uh, bring awareness of people. You know, when you look in your classroom, do your books say, you do, does it represent the world? Do your, does the music you play in the classroom or are available to them, does it represent the world? Do you see different languages in your classroom? Are you looking at your dramatic play area or those areas where, you know, maybe you have dolls and different clothing? Like, do you really, does it really show an embrace of different types of way people dressed in different type of dolls with different shades, you know? kids need to know that they belong in the classroom they have to see themselves and if they don't see themselves and I, I, I don't, it doesn't matter if they're in you know preschool all the way to high school when I, I taught in high school I taught a um, step team and I did some stuff in the theater department and I mean it's so important for that that craving of identity and it's so weird because like when you hit high school junior high school you're trying to figure out who you are and where you belong and art just kind of gives you that that opportunity just to explore whoever you want to be. And that's why I love I love art and I love what it does for people and it can transform the world. So and I think that's what you guys are doing. And that's the reason why I wanted you guys to be on here because I really think you are setting the standard and you're giving a voice to some teachers that may be very scared to talk about things like this and, and giving them that leeway 
um, to have the conversation. So um, some of the pieces you guys put together, can you guys tell our viewers um, what, um, what those quotes say um, and what are some art pieces that you guys have put out there? Um, are you talking about the elements of anti-racist teaching? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we just took the elements of art, which is um, a lot of teachers center their entire curriculum around these elements of art still, which is a very Western and mostly white way of framing your curriculum. Okay. And so we decided to put a spin on that um, by making it anti-racist as a way to start conversation like we mentioned before so um we see color which we talked about that means seeing and understanding your students identities mm. um, when we say when teachers say we don't see color um they are erasing their students identities um and by doing so misunderstanding them yeah um so that was we see color some of the other ones we did is we step beyond the line mm. um that is that's one that we got a lot of um teachers um leaving questionable comments about i would say um but what we mean by that i we step beyond the line playing on the element of art line um, oh okay, yeah. so okay. Play on an element of art so color line yes um, we, we step beyond the line and we mean we are willing to take our curriculum one step further um, oh my goodness to push those boundaries yeah um yeah i'm trying to remember the other ones right now in my so we have the power as our educators we have the power to see color to value all students to create a safe space to form a more fair and just future, to recognize the texture of human life, to step mm. beyond the line, and to learn to shape new perspectives through our education. Oh my gosh, I love them all so much. <laughs> and just getting that education about that one, like we step beyond the line, like I was thinking something else, like I was thinking like, you know, basically what you were talking about, but thinking about it in that art context, oh my goodness, that so powerful you guys so powerful so how can how can teachers use these this material like do you do you encourage them to print it off put it in their office put it in their classroom like what are some ways that you're encouraging people to use those visual images sure so we have them all available for free download on our teachers paid teachers and we're in the process of putting them on things teachers can buy, like shirts and mugs and such, which we're going to be donating um, a portion of all of those sales each month. Um, but mainly we hope that teachers use them. If you put them on posters or if you put it on a shirt or a mug, we hope that it serves as a reminder every time you see it or every time you wear it to continuously be doing the work and to be having these conversations and to be um, pushing your curriculum. Yeah. So we mainly did it to start conversations and if people want to print them out or to buy them on things, um, I think our hope is that every time a teacher looks at them or sees them or a student sees them in their classroom, it can be a reminder to what they're teaching philosophy is yeah. um, if you really are an anti-racist teacher anti-racist educator and are doing that work so oh man this is 
Oh, please, Polly's. I saw, I saw. Oh, and I was just saying, so it was, those are just kind of like the introduction. So we've actually have been working on creating a site for our teachers to has, um, so we created a starter guide to kind of give teachers a, pla a place to start mm -hmm. their journey in terms of like how to listen, learn, reflect, uh, and reform your curriculum. We also have um, examples of conversations with colleagues that were based on uh, Facebook <laughs> and so Instagram cool. conversations so that I think it's just important to not stay silent. So if you hear a coworker saying some of these things, uh, it just provides you with kind of a, a starting point of a response. Um, so we have that on our site. We have the artists, the like, uh, I guess a catalog of artists, of different artists that teachers can uh, find to help create a more diverse curriculum that's more representative of their students. Oh my goodness. And also have been, um, we recently added also terminology to help our educators kind of understand like, what does mm -hmm. BIPOC mean uh, versus NBIPOC and mm -hmm. uh, we're the last part that we're working on that's probably going to take the longest is the art lessons so we do have some art lesson ideas just to give teachers some kind of uh like an inspiration or yeah. to kind of use or implement in their own teaching instruction so we have mm -hmm. those on the site as well oh my goodness you guys this is i'm like I'm about to explode right now. This is amazing. I I think the work that you're doing right now is so relevant. It is going to transform the way we do education. I mean, really, even just that, that the page that you're talking about, that's going to go over, you know, if you hear something, this is how you can address it. This is what you could talk about, you know, like sometimes people just need the words and for you to be able to extend that olive branch and say this is how you can do it i think that is priceless um one of my favorite quotes that i always say something uh, that i always say is if you see something say something um we have to be in that state you know a mind to help hold people accountable um but also come from that place of love so that when they do have those those biases and those those things that are keeping us from having genuine connections with our with our students they can come to somebody have a safe space to lay those ignorance pieces down even sometimes you don't even know it's an ignorant thought that you may have um and be able to really um get some solutions um i want to thank you guys so much for coming to this podcast i you guys don't even know what you've done for my heart. Like, this is so amazing. And I'm not being dramatic, you guys. Like, these ladies are on fire and they're really taking this conversation to a whole nother level. And I appreciate the free content that you guys have put out. Um, I've seen this, teach, pay, uh, Teachers Pay Teachers. You can get those. Um, it's anti-racist quotes, Art artwork. How Art would you phrase it? Uh, our site, it's um, a Google site, but it's anti-racist art teachers. Thank you. Okay. I had to put that together. Yeah. Yes. 
This would be the elements of art, but the elements of anti-racist art teaching. I think that that's what we've been calling it. Thank um, you. Okay, I wanted to make sure I say it right. I'm too excited, y'all. I'm already like, you know what? I'm about to post these all over it, all over the place. Because <laughs> I'm just so excited about this work. Like, this is such an exciting time to be an educator because you can see something and create a movement, you know? Um, that is the one thing I want you guys to remember that, you know, changing the face of education is going to start with that bravery. It's going to start with that step. And um, these ladies are doing it. I want to thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcast. You guys, if you have not sent this to someone, share it, subscribe, follow them. You guys, all of it, you just have to, you have to. This is going to add such a, a great component in your educational journey. Um, and so, you know, continue to follow us on Facebook. Um, check us out at www.tlptraining.com. And we will definitely have a lot of content on there, ways that you can get hold of these ladies. Can you tell us again, where can we find you? Where can we find all this stuff? Just a, a quick shout out. We're going to have everything in the um, blog below um, this of this podcast so you'll be able to get everything but just one more time so they can have this uh, I think if you go to either of our Instagram accounts we have the link to our sites and everything Perfect. on there so my Instagram is at Miss Ms. Paula Lise P-A-U-L-A-L-I-Z awesome. and mine is at Miss Levy Teaches Art um, and so that's probably the quickest way if you just click on the links and either of our bios that will take you to the website Paula Lise mentioned that has all of the resources, the artists, all of that. It takes you to the link to our TPT to download the posters for free. And um, we also share so many resources on Instagram every single day. So that's mainly the place where we've been communicating. So yeah. Thank you so much. You guys, thank you for this time. Thank you for you listening. Know. I hope it healed your heart, healed your mind, took you to another place. I hope it brings fire to your education. Um, you know, I, I'm just speechless. I'm just excited. So thank you guys so much for joining me. And I hope to see you on the next podcast. See you soon.